0: Friends, hear these words from the book that we love, Genesis 39. Now Joseph was taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. He was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. He made him overseer of his house, and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had, in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And with him there, he had no concern about anything but the food that he ate. Now Joseph was handsome, good-looking, and after a time his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, with me here, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he's put everything that he has in my hand. He's not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except yourself because you are his wife. How then could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And although she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not consent to lie beside her or to be with her. One day, however, when he went into the house to do his work, she caught hold of his garment, saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called out to the members of her household and said to them, See, my husband has brought among us a Hebrew to insult us. He came into me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And when he heard me raise my voice and cry out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. And then she kept his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story, saying, the Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to me to insult me. But as soon as I raised my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. When his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, saying, this is the way your servant treated me, he became enraged. And Joseph's master took him and put him (coughs) into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. He remained there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. He gave him him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's care all the prisoners who were in the prison and whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The chief jailer paid no heed to anyone that was in Joseph's care because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Let's bow our heads in prayer again. Precious Father, we want to thank you for another opportunity to come in your presence, to worship you, and to be in your presence and to enjoy your love and faithfulness to us. And therefore, Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray that, Lord, you will open our eyes, our hearts, and our ears But above all, I pray that, Lord, you take my heart and put your words in it and open my mouth to speak clearly and take my voice to convey your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, I greet you again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I was here uh, in this platform here about five or six years ago, and I spoke here, and now it has been sliced off. And (laughs) Uh, I spoke to many, many students here, and that was my shortest message I've ever preached in life. It was nine minutes. And it was, it was great, and it's a great privilege again to come and share with you. You've heard my names again. I'm Reverend Captain Titus Baraka, but you can call me Brother Titus. I am a pastor in the Anglican Church of Uganda. I was here a couple of years ago in 2001 with him, and uh, uh, I was really very grateful that I came here and God gave me a ministry from here, which is Words of Hope Radio Ministries, that when I went back and the Lord handed that ministry to me, and we started that ministry about 11 years ago to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through radio. And now we have spread out to uh, ministering to hundreds and thousands of people in 16 different languages in Uganda. And we want to thank God for a great opportunity that God has given to us that his word can be listened through the language of people's, uh, through people's language in their own languages. And we want to praise God for the many people who have turned to Christ because of the ministry that I got from here. And I came here as an Episcopalian, but surprisingly, I became uh, reformed. (laughs) I don't know which reformed. Don't ask me which one. (laughs) But I became reformed anyway. But one of the great things is what brings our hearts together is the Word of God that brings us together and gives us a focus to Him. I am with my wife, you've already seen her, and I want to thank God so much for the time. I'm here for the Words of Hope board meeting, uh, but I want to thank God for this opportunity uh, to share with you the word of God. The scripture that we have just heard my brother read because I speak my African English, some people call it Yuglish, and sometimes it may go forever. Uh, he has read it so clearly, is a story that we have picked right from the middle, is a story of Joseph's life. A story of a man with an extraordinary life of faithfulness. And therefore, as I was praying and thinking about, what am I going to share from such a story, which, which we have just heard from here, and I decided to entitle my message, Developing and Sustaining Your Spiritual Faithfulness Amidst a Corrupt and Enticing Environment. It's a long topic, isn't it? <laughs> Especially spoken with my English. Developing and sustaining your spiritual faithfulness amidst a corrupt and enticing environment. We live in a world... Today, we are in a turning point of our generation where our environment has been contaminated by various challenges, not only here. I don't know, I don't live here. I just come here for a short time, but I live most of my life in Uganda. My background is Sudanese, but I grew up in Uganda, but every place I've gone, And today, every place I've gone, I'm seeing that we are living in a turning point of our generation. That we are bombarded by various challenges of life. There is a lot of heathenism. There is a lot of consumerism. People are trying to grapple with life to find out, how can I stay alive? How can I stay successful? How can I stay well in this world, and it is very difficult for a person to grasp the essence of God and remain faithful. And therefore, I want to speak about this because in Uganda, Words of Hope is trying to balance between this, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ through radio, but also meeting the people that we can bring Uganda, which is about 80% known to be Christians, but very few are found to be faithful. How do you develop and sustain faithfulness in the midst of a corrupt and challenging world that we are living in? The story of Joseph can teach us great things that we can learn from his life. Faithfulness, I can call it as being steadfast unwavering, resilient through all spiritual challenges that we face in this world. Joseph was born to a family, a family of the patriarchal spiritual direction where a faith was introduced to his great-grandparents. The story begins back in chapter 12, when God called Abraham his grandfather and introduced himself to him and they made a covenant and say, I am to be your God and you are to be my people. From today, you are a chosen race. From today, I'll be your God. I will help you to prosper even as you go through the journey of this world. I created the world with an intention of having a relationship But the world seems to have moved away from me. But I'm beginning, I'm picking up again my relationship with mankind and it is through you, Abraham, whom I have found to be faithful. And I want to pick up from here. And Abraham obeyed. The Bible tells us that when God called Abraham, he said, get out of your kinsmen. And the Bible is very African, friends. In Africa, when we talk about kinsmen, get out from your kinsmen, it's, it's more than relatives and, and brothers and sisters and uncles. It's more than that. We Africans believe that even the dead people are still living among us. And our great-grandparents are still considered That's why we believe in the living dead who are still among us. And God called Abraham and said, leave the kinsmen. That means the spiritual relatives and family and the living family. Leave them. Leave the gods and the spirits of your ancestors. Come, I will become your God. Come and follow me. I will take you to a land and I will bless you. I will make you successful. I will make you victorious. Abraham took the chance and left all the spiritual parents, the ancestors, and all, and he left and gave all his trust to this God. Now, Abraham endeavored to pass on the faith and the mantle to his son Isaac. He passed it on. Isaac passed it on to Jacob And here now comes the son of Jacob, Joseph, who lived so close to his dad, born to a polygamous family. And this is again African, isn't it? In Africa, we have many families, children growing up from polygamous background. And here comes Joseph, born to a second wife of Jacob. And in this... I, I don't know whether you know this. You don't have... I don't see people with many wives here. Everybody has one, 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 one. I have one, two. But in Africa, families with two wives, three wives, there are a lot of family dynamics that go on there. Joseph happened to be born to the second wife, where, where usually the first wife and the second wife live in competition to win the favor of their husband. And normally the second wife knows very well that they are second class family member. And they are normally hated by the first wife and the children of the first wife because the first wife always feels rejected, feels unloved. You can read the life of Leah. Leah was always saying, I am not loved. And God gave him children. Even he got, she got one child, still she continues to say, this is Reuben. I still feel loved but still she continues to feel inadequacy of being loved. Now, Rachel, the second wife, endeavors to do all she can to please and to listen to Jacob, being very obedient. And therefore, when a child is born to such a family, follows the mother by listening to the father. So Joseph happened to be an obedient child coming closer to to, to Jacob, and he listened, and he was able to get the story of their family. I am imagining so. I'm speaking from an African perspective, friends. I don't read this from the Bible, but I'm imagining what could have happened. How comes that Joseph, one of the last children, born later, becomes very faithful to the faith of the grandfather And faith of the father. Because of that closeness, he was able to listen so closely and he was able to follow what Jacob was telling him and he became very faithful. Jacob loved him. At one moment, he even made for him a gown and this made the other brothers even more jealous. That happens in a polygamous family. Look at how he loves him. Look at how he loves the mother and now he loves this one. And all that jealousy continued. And sometimes parents can become so ignorant in segregating between their children and chooses one to love, not knowing how it will affect the other children. And that's what exactly Jacob did. But Joseph became so obedient to pick out what quality things he can get, spiritual, spiritual quality things from his father and he began being obedient to following what the father taught him. In this, because of his obedience and because of what he has picked the spiritual qualities from his father, Joseph decided to take that and began following such kind of life. A time comes in, God began revealing to him dreams, now that you understand this. He began revealing to him prophetically dreams that will one day become a reality in his future. Instead of others to listen to him, they, the, the other siblings became jealous, and they picked him up. One day when his father assigned him a duty to go and visit the brothers while they were rearing their sheep, they say, here comes this dreamer. Let's deal away with, do away with him. They picked him up threw him in a ditch. But God was with him. God kept him in the ditch. Instead of being killed because it was possible that they were waiting for either the night that he would be either slaughtered or killed, or they were still debating from each other. God brought a merchandise man who passed by, and he was sold to them. And when he was sold to the Ishmaelites, then they resold him. He had to face being sold and being resold. But God was still with him. The story here comes from his third area where he was resold and he was in Potiphar's house. While he was in Potiphar's house, Joseph remained faithful to what his father Had introduced to him about the God of his grandfather. The God who revealed himself. The God who made a covenant with his father. He was told of the stories. When we think of the story, Abraham, after being told the story, the Bible tells us every time he got some revelation from God, he built an altar. The same thing with Isaac. The same thing with Jacob. Every time they have an encounter with God, they build an altar. And that was in Joseph's mind. Joseph continued to say, this is the faith of my parents. And now here comes, he's taken away from his kinsmen, he's taken away from his family, he's taken into another different culture, people who worshipped the other gods. The god of the Egyptians were so many, as we see later in the, in the time when the Exodus came, that there were so many gods there. Joseph was taken into that environment, but he remained very cautious of the god of his ancestors. He remained faithful in the midst of all. Here is something that we can learn from Joseph. One is that Joseph, born into this family, he knew that there was a covenant. He belongs to a covenant, and he belonged to a covenant with the promises of which he wants to keep the promises that was given to him and his family. He kept that. He was obedient to his father. He was loved by his father. Even from such a family systems, with a lot of dynamics of hatred, love, and all this and that, he picked out to be faithful to what brings their family together. What is to keep their family successful in life? And that is the faith in the mighty God who revealed himself to his grandfather. And that is the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and now God of Jacob. Joseph remained faithful to that spiritual kind of connection. Second point, we also get here that Joseph was always cautious of his spiritual identity. One of the greatest thing we have today, in Uganda we have... 80% of our population known as Christian. But in most cases, when you come face-to-face with those who call themselves Christian, they have lost their identity. They don't have identity. Sometimes they take their identity because of their denomination. I am an Anglican, so I think I'll go to heaven. Only Anglicans will go to heaven. I am Sometime when I was a student here, you know, they like taking around the THM students. They they call them international students and they take us around. And they took us to a church here. And this church here was called the Pillar Church and it was a kind of a museum with a history and they start telling us the history of this place. You know, this place here, there was this kind of thing, and the people sort of got split here and there, and there was those, these ones were believing this, these ones were believing this, and when I was listening, I was saying, hmm, I don't get the difference. (laughs) The others could be related as complete reliable christian and the other one could be considered as real christians available rca and crc and that alone itself they left their identity and others called themselves real others called themselves complete and uh, and all this ripped them apart they left the identity sometimes one of the greatest challenge we have is we forget the identity. Joseph did not leave the identity. He stuck on the identity. He never cared about their family dynamics, their family system, or dysfunctional background of their family. He stuck to what God had revealed to his fathers. He stuck to what God had intended. The promises, you will be successful. You, You will be successful. You will multiply. You will grow. You will be a blessing to the nation. Joseph stuck to that. I want that. That is my identity. I am a child of a covenant. I am a child who belongs to the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, and now my God. I want to stick to that. That is my identity. I belong to a God who revealed himself, who promised that I will be successful, and therefore I will be there. I don't care whether my brothers hated me. I don't care whether my brothers are jealous about me. I don't care what is happening. Whether I was was sold, whether some people are jealous, he stuck to his identity, the identity of which God had revealed to his family members. Praise the Lord. Faithfulness when you stay faithful, we learn from the life of Joseph that when you are faithful, it will, your faithfulness will affect or positively affect your personal life and every relationship you have around you. Joseph remained faithful. And his faithfulness affected every area he goes to. He was thrown in the ditch, God was there with him, brought in some people, and positively sold him, like from one problem to another. He goes every place he went. The Bible tells us in verses, chapter 39, verses 2 to 7, every time that the Lord was with Joseph, the Lord prospered Joseph, the Lord made him successful. And again, when you read ahead, it tells us here that everywhere, everything that Joseph did became blessed, including Potiphar's family. And anything he did in Potiphar's family was blessed. And Potiphar was able to notice. He saw Joseph. He looked at him and said, this man has a special blessing in his life. This man seems to have a special favor and everything that he entrusted to Joseph, everything that Potiphar entrusted to Joseph prospered and was blessed. So he was entrusted with all things in the house except one thing. That was Potiphar's wife. And Joseph was faithful to that. Not even adopting the gods of the Egyptians, which probably Potiphar was worshiping, not adopting the culture of the place, not even the mentality of saying every slave is a property. During that time, all slaves are considered as property. Therefore, the masters can can do anything with him. But he kept his faithfulness to his God. He remained faithful to his God. And it was there, that his life testimony was evident to everybody. So when you are faithful to God, regardless of which country you go to, regardless of what culture you are remaining in, regardless of how the environment around you, how the world is turning around you, how unfaithful people are turning around you, you, your testimony, will always affect your environment. And God will always sustain you through that. And God will always keep you standing there and people will always admire you. Unfortunately, sometimes even bad people will want to to draw you closer. And here comes this lady who was one of the masters, the wife of Potiphar. The Bible says... Joseph was well-built. He was handsome. He looked so nice. How many of you are handsome here? (laughs) So that was him. He was well-built. And as he moves around the house, this lady was eyeing him. And now because the, the husband was always away, very busy at work, she was eyeing him, and she lasted for him. And began drawing clothes. This is our property. This is the property of the house. He's a slave. He's a Hebrew slave. I think what I tell him, he'll just accept. And when she drew nearer to Joseph, Joseph could not trade his faithfulness to the lustful urges of this woman. He continued to stand. He said, No, your husband has entrusted me with everything. Listen to these friends. The Bible talks here that except the food, that Potiphar entrusted everything except the food he was to eat. In this interpretation, the food here it is a kind of a covering up, except his wife. His wife was only kept for him, but everything Joseph was in charge. And so Joseph said, your, my master has given me everything in your house except you. And the Bible tells us that Potiphar's first wife continued to pester him day after day. Day after day. And I want to tell you, Joseph would have had every excuse. He's far from his family members, from the faith he was the only man who belonged to the God of Abraham, Isaac. The only man. Nobody was watching him. He was the only man. He would have all the excuses to say, I think I can do this. Nobody will blame me. I think it is understandable. And especially when this woman began mentioning things, when uh, some time back, when, before I became a Christian, because of my South Sudanese background, I was marginalized in our society. And I grew up knowing that I am ugly, knowing that I am not loved, I am unworthy, and I grew up not loving myself until when I came to my adolescence, when I knew nobody loves me. And here comes this girl who looked at me and began describing me You are such a tall, dark, and handsome man. I really love you so much. I've been seeing you moving around, and I see that really when I look at your mouth, you are naturally having a lipstick which is really naturally put in you. And she began describing me, and my heart began to melt inside. I said, hmm, I didn't know that that is how I am. And my heart began to leap inside. Should I give in? Should I not? Friends, when you come to a situation that somebody comes and describes what you are desperate for, sometimes it's not easy to resist. Joseph was a young man. Probably he was above, he was around, he's 18. He was 18 years. He has reached a point that he was sexually alive. But here comes this woman who wants to trade his faithfulness, his spiritual connection with God. By enticing him, Joseph remained faithful and said, how can I do that? How can I sin against my God? We have so few people today in the world who can boldly say that especially among the young generation today. In Uganda today, there are very few young people who can go dating, who are dating for marriage, and they will reach their marriage time when they are still virgins because of the enticement of the situation. The words that are brought to them. It's very difficult to stay to have self-control in the midst of all these attractive sort of desires of this world and many, many things that come around us. Ideologies that come to derail us from the truth. There are so many. Today, very few people will stand like Joseph and say, how can I sin against God? How can I do that? Today, day by day, we are bombarded by such enticement. May the Lord help us, friends, to be the Josephs of this day. Do we have a Joseph of this day today? In the midst of all these things that are enticing us and taking us away. It's my prayer that God will help us to develop and sustain our Faithfulness to God. Joseph, as I wind up, Joseph could have all the excuses he had. But he decided to say, I will fix my eyes to the Lord. You will quickly discover how real your relationship with Jesus Christ is when you are in the midst of tough times. Sometimes it's easier for us to confess that we are Christians. I, I am a Christian, but it is until you meet tough times of your life and your faithfulness is tested and an enticing or sort of seductive environment comes around you. That's when your love for Jesus Christ, your relationship with Jesus Christ will be tested. I want to thank God for our sister who has given her testimony that among all, she was able to come up from such an environment and say, I think I need to focus my life. And she's able to come and boldly testify and say, I think I need to have a focus of my life. Joseph did that in the midst of all. There are so many circumstances that will come our way. Not only the enticing world, but even circumstances of suffering, illness, and pain that sometimes can come. In the midst of all the medication we have in our country here, sometimes ailments will come and you begin asking yourself, why me, Lord? Why allow such a thing come to me? What must I do? In Uganda, what they do is when they are faced with such circumstances, they say, I think I will try the other alternative, going to witch doctors. And then they will trade their faith by going to witch doctors. I don't know what other things that sometimes come your way that tries to attract you to trade your faith. It is very important for us to know that faithfulness to doing the right thing will not always lead to better outcome or may not always lead to physical relief. You may be faithful to God, It doesn't mean that you will always have better things happening to you as a result. And that's why many people go wrong today in Uganda. They think becoming a Christian means everything must be well. And if everything goes wrong, that means that's not a right faith. And the, the prosperity gospel is bombarding every place. People equating God with trust in God and everything will be well. And if anything is wrong in your life that means God has left you. Joseph did not do that. Joseph remained resilient in the midst of all the steps of challenges that he was there. This scripture comes up to my mind in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. Praise the Lord. Our God is faithful to those who are faithful. In the midst of every challenging situation, he will always find a way out. And here... Makes us to believe these words of Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. All things will work together for good to those who remain faithful to God. Even every challenging and tempting circumstances, God will work things out for good. He did that for Joseph. In every place he goes, He was always. God always works things for good. He was taken, he was sold. He found favor before Potiphar. He was accused falsely and he was taken to prison. He found favor before the prison guards. And even when God used him to interpret the dreams and the, 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 the prison warder was released and promised that I am going to work on your release from there, they forgot him but God never forgot him. Sometimes people on earth will forget you. People are you expect help will forget you. But God will never forget you in every circumstance. Our God is faithful, friends. Everywhere, whether in Africa, whether here, he is always faithful. All he's looking from us is to stick our eyes on Jesus Christ. Just like the writer of Hebrews say, fix your eyes on Jesus Christ, who is the perfecter and accomplisher of our faith. Hallelujah. He is the one who perfects in the midst of every challenges that you have, whether in the midst of sickness, either in the midst of frailty of life, even in the midst of challenges of choice making as a young person, who do I choose as my friend? God will always be there to guide you. He is always faithful. But what he is looking from you is developing and sustaining your faithfulness to him. And he will always guide you. Even in difficult times, he will always be with you. Praise the Lord. Faithfulness, when you sustain your faithfulness, it will always bring lasting solutions. Lasting blessing. The ending life of Joseph was nice that people love sometimes to reach there. That's when everything, the curtain was drawn open. Now they saw why Joseph was sold. Even the brothers realized that. But at first the brothers were a little bit panicking. Oh, this man now is going to revenge. Now that our father is dead. If you read chapter 50, Verse 19 and 20, they were worried and say, now that our father is dead, Joseph was able, his eyes were even open, and he said, you intended it for bad, but God has intended it for good, that I might facilitate the salvation or the deliverance of our family. And that is what happened. The moment you remain resilient, faithful, and focused in your faith, one day you will be able to see why you passed through what you have passed through. If you don't see it here, friends, there is a heaven. Heaven is real. Oh, today we have a lot of theologians who have come up with ideologies that they can turn, and they think they can really wrap up life in their intellectual kind of direction. Some have even written book in defense. But I want to assure you this, that heaven is real to those who are faithful. If you don't see the results of the challenges that you are going through here in, in the world, you will one day see it when you come to glory with Jesus Christ. May the Lord help us to continue in faithfulness to our God, the God that we believe. The world around us may change. A lot of enticing and seductive situations will come. If you read the story of Potiphar's wife and you read the story of Adam and Eve and the snake, it's almost the same. The the trials are the same, but Joseph passed it. He never fell like Adam. When Joseph was tested, he passed through. And in the same way, Jesus Christ came and demonstrated that victory. God has given us the ability to go through every circumstance with the strength that he avails for us. He is always there. I have seen him in Africa. I have seen him through many. Sometimes we are attacked by the witch doctors and witchcraft that come our way. You do not know the spirit world because I have been here. I have never seen the spirit world at work here in America like I see in Africa. I see the spirit world. But we have been bombarded. But we have also, the more you are surrounded by the spirit world at work, the more you can see the power of God when you are faithful to him. You see God at work and you can have even your faith increase through trials. And therefore problems and challenges become perfecters, like the Bible tells us. That every trial is preparing you for greater victory. How is your life? and what is around you? What are the circumstances around your environment? Are you able to see some of the enticing tricks of the enemy to derail you away from faithfulness? Are you having some feelings or circumstances within you either through sickness or anything? Are you tempted by the ideologies? I know in the American world, Books and books have been written. When I came here, I failed to go into the library because there were nine stories with all books. I say, with all these books in this country, why is the world still remaining the same like this? People have written, all their brains have been put in books. But still, the world remains corrupt. Those who can be resilient in this world are those who are faithful to the end of everything. Shall we pray? Precious Father, we, I have spoken with a language that was taught to me. But my heart burns out with a desire that all people of this world comes to get to know you And that they can become faithful to you. I don't know how to explain it in the best way, Lord. Holy Spirit, you were promised that when you will come, you will teach us. I have done my part. And Lord, I want to pray that you visit my brothers and sisters here. That you will draw them to your faithfulness. Because you, God, you are faithful to us. May you draw them to yourself and may you encourage them to walk with you in faithfulness in the midst of every challenging circumstances around them, that your name will be glorified and they will be filled with the hope of eternity in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.